This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Don Wick and Sierra Doctor. Well, much of the uh, North Dakota digging out after the snowstorm yesterday, this morning. Uh, we do have some end on snow depth totals in a few locations that uh, do allow snow depths. Uh, Beach, North Dakota, reporting eight inches of snow. Bowman just had two inches. Carrington, nine inches. Courtney, uh, 16 inches. Streeter, 21 inches. Mandan reporting 10 inches. Those are just the only few snowfall uh, totals that we have here this morning. Moisture totals uh, from the snow. Rossley reporting six tenths of an inch. Oaks at 3,500s, Morton at 5,800s, Little Falls, Minnesota, inch and six tenths, and Wapaton reporting just over a half inch of moisture in the snowfall and rain from yesterday. Well, the political atmosphere was part of the conversation at the Minnesota Ag and Food Summit in Minneapolis. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick has more. One day after the election, Minnesota Governor Tim Wall sat down with his commissioners and state agency heads. Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson said the administration is hitting the ground running and mapping out the next four years. Really uh, thinking about, you know, who we're going to be working with. You know, it's a little different where we're going to have a Democratic House, Democratic uh, Senate, but uh, very close numbers, you know, and so for agriculture, you know, we've been able to pass uh, bipartisan bills the last four years that I've been commissioner, um, you know, and uh, so hopefully we get some meaningful investments in agriculture. One third of the Minnesota legislature is new. The DFL majority now reorganizing. The plate will be full once the session begins. You know, the state has a large surplus. Um, you know, there's a chance of recessions uh, looking our way, but there, I think there's some good things we can do, some one-time investments in to help agriculture, and then you know, look at different things within our agencies. So I'm excited about the future and uh, uh, can hopefully continuing on. Governor Walls was scheduled to address the agri-growth meeting but shared video greetings instead. Senators Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith both made unscheduled stops at the Ag and Food Summit. From Minneapolis, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. The um, Governor, Governor Walls did announce a new grant program to support Minnesotans purchasing their first farm. That grant program will be managed by the Department of Agriculture and will offer dollar-for-dollar dollar matching up to $15,000 for qualified small farmers to purchase farmland. In addition to the Agri-Growth Council annual meeting, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar said the farm bill is her number one priority in the year ahead. That is followed by infrastructure and broadband. Number three, looking for trade opportunities, taking down barriers for trade. Uh, number four, continuing on the cost issue with shipping and health care and the like. Um, and then number five um, would be this grouping of issues that I think are don't you don't traditionally maybe talk about at this conference but it's uh, housing and child care um, and then doing something when it comes to workforce development with the elections uh, in the rearview mirror power shifts are being considered red river farm network farm broadcaster sierra doctor has that story Minnesota Corn Growers Association Senior Public Policy Director Amanda Billick says it's too early to speculate on who will chair committees, but retirements have left a lot of empty seats. Uh, with some of the changes, you know, in the House, you had the retirement of Mike Sundin, who had been the chair of the Ag Committee. 
Um, and then uh, over in the Senate, when you have the flip uh, from the GOP control to the DFL, uh, some of those discussions will be happening. But first, what will happen with the caucuses is they need to sort of pick leaders, uh, overall caucus leaders. Uh, as anticipated, that Melissa Hortman will remain as Speaker of the House, uh, who has served at that position for the last couple of years. Over in the House, the Democrats need to pick a new majority leader since Ryan Winkler uh, has, has retired. And then over in the Senate, um, you know, Melissa Franzen also uh, did not run for re-election, um, and so she won't be returning to the Senate next year, so the Senate DFL needs to pick a new leader. So there'll be some leadership discussions. Billick expects leadership discussions to happen in the coming week, with committee leadership being identified by December. With so many new faces in office, Billick says outreach will be incredibly important in the coming months. So what we're going to start with is getting to know uh, some of the new members, uh, especially those that um, are you know, new and are representing uh, agriculture areas to make sure that we establish relationships there. But then we also have to do some outreach and some relationships um, with you know, majority members who mostly are coming from the suburbs or from the urban core Twin Cities. So we'll have to spend some time just kind of doing some, some education and talking about the importance of agriculture and how the production that's happening in greater Minnesota and rural Minnesota helps provide jobs and opportunity for innovation and other types of uh, technology that takes place in the metropolitan area uh, to sort of really try and draw that connection. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. American Crystal Sugar Company shareholders receiving a final 2021 gross beet payment of $65 per ton. The forecast for the current growing season is a gross payment of $71 per ton. The uh, increase due to higher sugar, pulp, and molasses selling prices and higher sugar content. That's partially offset, though, by higher operating costs and lower sugar recovery. Crystal will mail the initial check on Tuesday. Pioneer Seed Sales Representative Donnie Almers says despite dry conditions, a good chunk of Wells County accomplished the fall field work. There was a lot of fall field work uh, for the people who did it. Um, some people chose not to do it depending upon where you were at and, and what their practices are based on um, moisture, uh, the corn ground, uh, the great majority of it that people wanted to get worked, I think, did. Um, there was certainly some fall fertilizer could put on. There was a lot of floaters in the country. There was anhydrous going in the country. So yeah, there was a reasonable, reasonable amount of falls work done. And Almer said seed and inputs are being locked in for next year. Uh, guys are really excited for 2023. Um, uh, guys are really looking at more corn. I feel like wheat acres are going to decrease a little bit and uh, going to give some of those acres to corn in this area. We've probably got half of our seed sales done. Calf prices have been optimistic compared to the 2019-2020 years. NDSU livestock economist Tim Petrie says corn prices may be putting a glass ceiling, though, on that cattle market. But these higher corn prices have funneled into feeder cattle. So when we look at those prices, we will see that they maybe are further away from setting records than the fed cattle side is just because, you know, uh, the old adage, change corn prices 10 cents, change feeder cap full calf prices a buck in the opposite direction. And so that's uh, helped to put somewhat of a lid on calf prices, even though when they are higher than last year and expected to to uh, go higher. 
Petrie expects high prices to continue throughout next year. We're $30 higher throughout the year and for the calf prices and uh, positive then for, uh, for uh, selling calves now and with uh, the cow herd going down, uh, look for higher prices again uh, even, even uh, next year. And actually calf prices would have been higher now if we'd had a big uh, winter wheat production and they would have been after calves as well. But much better prices this year and expectations for the for future years. Wishick Livestock Auction Manager Missy Wolf says the first runs of wean calves are starting to filter through the barns. Um, we're just starting on calves now. Uh, we had a pretty big yearling run. So uh, a lot of the calves around here, they, they pull them off the cow, you know, no November, December. Mm -hmm. And then they'll start weaning and selling them after the first of the year. So our guys around this area are just just starting. So guys are a little more optimistic this year. Uh, they were able to get enough feed and hay put together and and a little bit of fall grazing. So they're more optimistic this year. And uh, Wolf says the wean calf demand is, if that's anything like the yearling run, uh, ranchers should get a fairly decent price. I, I, I would think so. I think the demand is there, um, hoping that the price is, you know, stay up there. Prices were really good. Um, it gave it gave the yearling buyers or the local yearling buyers, you know, a little more incentive to to get buying and starting on these calves for for next year now. USDA's Farm Service Agency County Committee elections are open. Farm Service Agency began mailing ballots to all eligible producers and private landowners this week. All ballots must be returned at, to your local county FSA office or be postmarked by December 5th to be counted. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find uh, stories, podcasts, and more at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota Crop Production Retailers and the University of Minnesota Extension hosting a crop pest management short course and trade show. It'll be in Minneapolis December 6th through the 8th. Minnesota Crop Production Retailers Executive Director Patrick Murray says it's a chance for people to network and connect with other professionals in the industry. Fun thing to see everyone get together and whether it's from uh, different parts of the state or different companies and in agriculture it tends to be kind of a small world a lot of people kind of come and go from different entities and end up in another place but you know you still have those connections then you know hopefully they're getting something out of you know these speakers that we're bringing in not only as it relates to their continuing educational unit credits but also topics that are emerging and trending in production agriculture and then you mix in a little uh, policy and elections that are happening here this fall in addition to offering pesticide licensing and recertification, there will be a wide array of speakers. Some of the other folks that are going to be speaking, you know, will be covering topics that um, kind of are the future of uh, ag retail and what's going to be in store for um, our entity, our, our industry. That includes, you know, the role of farmer advisors. And we're hearing a lot about things, whether it's um, conservation goals or soil health or water quality. Um, these are key topics that are talked about. And you can find out more at uh, mcpr-cca.org. Inflation has affected nearly every aspect of production agriculture, including land prices. 
NDSU Ag Finance Specialist Brian Parman says with interest rates increasing, he expects a drop in land values in the long-term future. I wouldn't be shocked to see 8.5% interest heading into the spring on most uh, consumer loans. And so, you know, as a result, that interest expense ratio is going to be much higher. Instead of 4%, maybe 8 9% of, of total cost. And then at the same time, um, having that impact on land prices and rents, perhaps. And again, a lot of this stuff doesn't happen immediately. When, it, when I talk about the in, interest impacts on, on like land rents and values and cap rates, it doesn't mean it's going to happen next year. It's just how long is, are they going to stay that high and how long would people be willing to pay the prices that are being paid at a rate of return that's 5% below what you could get on just a standard bond. And Parman says machinery prices will likely to continue to increase, but the used machinery may fluctuate a bit. Production costs not likely to decline much into 2023. Um, machinery costs, those have continued to move up. I don't expect that those are going to decline either, especially new machinery. Used, sure. Uh, we see used prices ebb and flow depending on the demand for new new machinery. And, you know, demand for new machinery has been high at the same time. Checking markets before we leave you. Uh, corn right now trading uh, two to three cents higher. Soybeans trading 18 cents higher and wheat four to seven cents higher. Canola in uh, Winnipeg is down $8 a metric ton. On the farm calendar, continuing through today is the U.S. Canola Association's autumn board meeting. That is in Scottsdale, Arizona through the day today. Have a great Friday, everyone. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.